Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. Happy Sunday. I'm glad you braved the snowmageddon to get here. I don't think it's sticking, but anyway, uh, glad, glad you're here today. You know, we're starting a new book this month called Divine Audacity. The author is India Martella Witsat, and it's an interesting premise. How would I put it? She thinks we're too timid in our faith. She thinks we're too complacent in our beliefs. She thinks that if we were a little more audacious, a little more bold, a little more willing to stretch what we know is good and true into the fullness of spirit, that we'd all be happier, we'd all be more peaceful, we'd all be more joyous, right? And uh, and so I know this is, you know, the holiday season where we're supposed to be, you know, maybe being a little lower key, but I'm going to amp it up a little bit. I'm going to test our faith. I'm going to ask us to go beyond the same old, same old ideas of God and faith and what we do on Sunday and reach a little higher, be a little more audacious in our belief system. And so, uh, last week, Reverend Christine talked about the idea of our ability to be the light in the world, and I think that's right exactly where we're headed with this. We owe it not only to ourselves to be audacious in our beliefs, in our faith, but we owe it to the world, because that light that we shine outward, it can be bright, But I think so often it's more like the 30-watt bulb instead of the 100-watt bulb. So I'm going to be encouraging everyone today, uh, I don't know, to go LED, right? We need less wattage to get brighter light in our lives and in the lives of the world. Well, where I want to start in this book, you know, I don't usually read long passages, but oh my gosh, let me read just the intro of this uh, particular book to us all. She says, we live by faith. And one summer day, while floating in my backyard pool and enjoying the multi-layered clouds move overhead, I began to think about the curvature of the earth. The earth, of course, is a massive sphere. And I thought that means that someone in her house around the world from me should be upside down. But no one lives upside down. By means of something invisible we call gravity, all physical matter lies on or near the surface of this enormous orb. Nothing falls off. Who in this world rises in the morning wondering whether their feet will stay on the ground? Who questions whether the sun will rise or the sidewalk will hold? Who worries that the backyard fig tree might produce pomegranates this season? We live by faith, perceiving a reality that cannot be seen with human eyes, convinced that invisible principles have real effects every single day. And then she summarizes by saying, faith is our innate power to create our reality by our perceptions, our beliefs, and our interpretations. Let me read that one more time. It's really the thesis of this book. Faith is our innate power to create our reality by our perceptions, our beliefs, and our interpretations. According to our faith, we live in assurance and conviction. According to our faith, 
we expect. And so I want to talk today about this idea of expectancy and our faith. What do you expect is going to happen tomorrow? Have you ever really thought about our expectations? I think so much of the time we're a bit on autopilot when we get up in the morning. We maybe have a few things tagged out in our calendar, but they're more like placeholders. You know, I'm, I'm going to meet with the accountant at 10 o'clock or, you know, so-and-so is going to come over for dinner tonight. Nothing about our intentions, our expectations about how it's going to feel, what it's going to be like, our audacity, if you will, of imagining it at its best. In one of the Science of Mind classes, I could be wrong, but I think it's in the Foundations class when we're covering the material on the financial idea of abundance, the spiritual nature of money. The question always comes up, well, what are you going to get? If the universe is an infinite supply, what are you going to get? And some people will say, well, we're going to get what we pray for. And I say, oh, I wish it were true. And some people will say, well, we're going to get what we hope for and what we really set our intentions on. And I say, that would be nice. What we get from life is what we expect from life. If you think about it for a minute, what is an actual expectation? An expectation is, I'm pretty clear that this is how it's going to go. And so when you're pretty clear about how something's going to go, whether it's for the best or for not for the best, that is most often what will happen. And of course, we know from the law of attraction why that's true, right? We're putting out the vibe. We're putting out the vibe that something's going to be successful. I expect it to be successful. We're putting out the vibe that this relationship is going to be loving and, and fun. We're putting out that vibe. That's our expectation, and that's likely to be what's coming back to us. So when she talks about faith in this particular book, there are a couple kinds of faith that are the most important to her, and I want to spend a little bit of time on each of those today, but I think to lead into it, we need our joke. <laughs> So a devout Christian woman had a lot of traveling that she needed to do for business. And so she was on airplanes a lot. But air travel tended to make her nervous. And so she always took her Bible along with her to read. It helped relax her. Well, on one flight, she was sitting next to a fellow. He saw her pull out her Bible and he gave a little chuckle and then went back to his reading. After a while, he turned to her and asked, you don't really believe all that stuff in there, do you? The woman replied, well, of course I do. It's part of my faith. He said, well, what about that weird guy that was swallowed by the whale? Oh, Jonah? Yeah, I believe that. It was in the Bible. And then he asked, well, how do you suppose he could survive all that time in the whale? The lady replied, well, I guess I don't really know. When I get to heaven, I'll ask him. What if he isn't in heaven? The man replied sarcastically. Well, then you can ask him. <laughs> and so if our, if our faith really does shape our perception of the world, are we responsible for our faith? And here are the two issues, the two um, kinds of 
concerns that she brings up around the idea of faith. And the first one is, most of our faith we get from other people. And this is of a concern to her, right? Aren't we just given as children a set of beliefs that no one particularly explains to us? Beliefs around what school is like, beliefs around what the family relationships are supposed to be, beliefs around, well, she mentioned things like gravity and, right? It's not like anyone specifically tells us, you know, every morning the sun will come up, honey, right? Just over time and by observation and what people say, we have this whole world view and a set of faiths that go with it, and we never really talk about it or worry about it. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Nancy and I have been teaching uh, me and white supremacy for so long, right? There are these assumptions that we make and that we're handed in these beliefs, many of which are simply not true. Beliefs about other people, beliefs about other religions, beliefs about what it is to be a mother or father, beliefs about what it is to be in a family, beliefs about how we treat each other, beliefs about poor people, people who are like us, people who are different than us. And I would suggest maybe as much of 80% of that is hogwash. It might be, it might be what the quote, average person in America believes. But I got to tell you, I have not that much faith in what the average person in America thinks. I want to make sure that what I believe in, the faith that I have, whether it's spiritual faith in my own idea of a higher power, or whether it's faith in the way government should work or relationships should work, I want to make sure that those reflect my own beliefs, my own desires, my own worldview. And so the first things that she wants to ask in uh, this particular book is, Where do you place your faith right now? And she has a tip for it. She says, if it is in things that change, you're probably in trouble. And she asks us to look to a a higher source for things to believe in. So rather than believing in that your good comes from your paycheck, for instance, she would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your good can come through your paycheck but your good comes from a higher place. Your absolute good, the, the life, the love, the joy, everything that's wonderful for you that you experience is a gift from spirit. And if we have faith in spirit, it will get us through the inconsistencies of the world. So, so she says, and this will be part of your homework, by the way, I'll give you a tip in case, you know, you're listening louder, uh, 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 listening louder. Where did that come from? <laughs> in, in case you, you want to pick up on something here, because it will be part of your homework. Are you basing a lot of your faith, your belief, your trust in things that are very earthbound? Do you feel like your good is coming from your paycheck? Do you feel like love is coming just from your partner or just from a family member? Do you feel that peace has to look a certain way because people create it? And I'm not here to say that peace doesn't come from people. Of course it does, but it's not the source of it. And people are so very, very, very changeable. 
So if the source of your love is from a certain person, what happens when you get a divorce? If your good comes from your paycheck, what happens when you get laid off? Do you see where I'm going with this? And so when we look up, when we, when we look above the human experience and we put our faith there, then there can be assuredness that, well, even if so-and-so isn't in my life anymore, I know that love is still there. Even if I've gone beyond this job to a different one, I don't really have to worry. I don't have that sense that, that my life, that my good has been taken from me. It's just going to take a different path. It'll be part of the, the flow that comes to me from the next job or the next experience. So that's the first thing that she wants to talk about. And, and so, okay, I'll go ahead and give you your homework already. The homework is think an area of your life that isn't going quite as well as you'd like it to be. It might be a relationship. It might be a job. It might be some issue, a, a health issue, whatever it might be. Think of an area in your life that isn't going quite as well as you would like. Are you putting your faith in things that are changeable? Are you saying that your health is dependent on your doctor? Are you saying that your, your livelihood is depending on your social security check? Because if you're doing that, I would like you to look up. That's your homework. Look up. Does my true good come from a higher source than my doctor or a paycheck, or, you know, my husband even, does my true good come from a higher source? And if so, can I begin looking to that higher source for my good? People will change. People will change. Things will change. Okay, let's go on to my other subject, though. If you can only have faith in one thing, and I think this is lovely, have faith in opportunity. Know that tomorrow you are going to always be presented with more wonderful opportunities. That it is God's good pleasure every day to lay out for you a banquet of wonderful experiences of life, of love. In the, the opening prayer, Nancy mentioned many of the qualities of God. It's as though we're at the royal buffet. <laughs> and there's love, and there's life, and there's health, and there's joy. And in every waking moment, we have access to those opportunities. Have faith in that. If you're having a bad day, you're having faith that tomorrow will be a better day. And if you're having a great day, you're having faith that tomorrow will be even better still. There's no downside to this one. When we have faith that there is good for us and that it is God's great pleasure to have it show up on our doorstep every day, <sighs> can you feel the freedom in that? Can you feel the possibility in that? You know, a few months ago, we were talking about possibility thinking. And it's really at the heart of what she's teaching us this week, right? 
What if everything went all right? You know, our minds tend to dwell, well, I shouldn't say this for all of you. You you might be different than me, but I will say that my mind often will dwell on some of the negative possibilities. What if I can't pay that bill all at once? What if what, what if it snows and I can't get to church today? Um, what if uh, Uncle Ralph, who's always drunk, decides to come to our Christmas party? Right? It's like, doesn't your mind, I mean, am I the only one? Our, our minds tend to pick out some of the things that are likely to go wrong, likely to be upsetting, right? And so, what I got to say is, when we're putting out those vibes, it's like the invitation to Uncle Ralph. It's like our fear, our anxiety, our whatever it is, where we're doing that silent prayer for things to go wrong. And so, what she's saying here is that possibility thinking. What if everything actually went completely well? What if Ralph showed up and he was fine, right? What if the, uh, the job interview goes amazingly well? What if the, the awkward conversation that you were planning to have with your neighbor, what if it went perfectly well? What if life is good? Faith in tomorrow, faith in good outcomes, faith in the possibilities. She says that is perhaps the most powerful faith of all. And why wouldn't it be, right? We know that God is infinite. We know that God is infinite love, infinite life, infinite health. We know that God is benevolent. God is giving. I mean, you can't outgive God. Every good thing comes from God. So why would we expect less than that? Why would we be what ifing on the negative side? It's our human nature. I know it is. And so, you know, I'm not trying to shame us in any way. Uh, in many ways, we're taught to, what's that old saying? Expect the worst and be glad for the best, something like that. I mean, it's part of our culture, I guess, that we do that what if thing on the negative side. Let's stop doing that. Yeah. And I know that's easy to say and maybe hard to do. So think of a way maybe that you can remind yourself. If you're beginning to worry about what's going to happen next week or next year, let's see if we can turn that into a positive worry. Right? Have you ever thought that maybe we could turn worry into something positive? Let's practice for a minute. So let's say, uh, okay, well, I've got a big one coming up, right? I'm retiring. I've never been retired before. <laughs> it could be horrible. I don't know. It could be. So let's do a little what ifing. Let's do this positive faith exercise around my own life. What if retirement is just bliss? What, well, yeah, all right. Thank you. I'll accept that. What if Social Security and the savings I have is more than enough to take care of all of my needs for the rest of my life and leave some good money behind for one of my blessed charities like the Portland Center for Spiritual Living? Yeah. yeah. What if I'm just as busy as I like to be even when I'm retired? Yeah. Right? <laughs> as busy as I like. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. 
What if retirement brings new friends, new ways of being, new opportunities to both uh, uh, serve the universe as well as finding delight in it? Do you see how, I mean, it's incongruous to say I'm worrying about it, but I'm doing the same kind of activity as though I was worrying, right? Worry is when you turn something over and over in your head on the negative side. What if instead we turn things over and over in our head a little bit on the positive side? Well, and the other thing too about worry, have you ever actually felt like you were in the negative event? Before it happens, you picture yourself in it. You know what he's going to say. Have you ever said that to yourself? I know what she's going to say. And you're just, you know, it's like you can already feel how awful it's going to be. Well, what if we did that with the positive side? I can just guess what she's going to (sighs) say. Right? So let us consider the idea of positive worry. What if everything goes splendidly? If we get what we expect, let us expect something marvelous. Well, normally I close with a prayer, uh, but you know, this book has lovely, she calls them meditations, but I swear they sound just like prayers to me. And so I'm going to close with a prayer, her meditation in here for faith. She says, calming my breath, I focus attention on the center of my forehead, breathing in and breathing out, my attention is fixed. I bless this connecting link between the physical and the spiritual. Sensitive to the pulsing of life, the movement of energy, I shine royal blue light of faith into the very center of my brain. The spaces between the hemispheres are brushed beautiful blue. I broadcast this blue light throughout my body, a healing streaming blue signifying my consciousness of pure faith. Faith is my ability to see what I cannot see humanly, and I activate this spiritual power, courageously perceiving a greater truth than what can be reported through my senses. I dare myself to see what cannot be seen by human eyes, but exists as surely as the sun exists behind a cloud." I perceive the bottom line of truths about life, that life is irrepressible, eternal, and perfect in every stage and every form. I stretch my capacity to see the good that can even exist in troubling situations. I envision possibilities even in seemingly impossible circumstances because I am devoted to to perceiving the good that exists around me always. I'm convinced that the nature of unseen good, the animating and harmonizing creative powers behind all that I have and experience, it is my nature. I am divine. I reach inward to my storehouse of faith to remain faithful during times when my human brain cannot even envision the magnificent possibilities of the wholeness of my life, the harmony of love, and wealth beyond measure. 
I demonstrate conviction by living as love lives, as wholeness lives, as wisdom lives, and I audaciously trust in the universal goodness, so much so that I rest deeply in the peace of spiritual assurance. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. Are we willing to be a little more audacious in our faith? All right. Uh, which, so every year, I don't know if you're aware of it, and, and maybe I should uh, allow Debbie to talk more about this, but one of the things that I love about PCSL in the last, what, five years now? Is that seven years? So, so they've done this word project. A, f a few of our members put together these uh, amazing little intention cards or word cards. And, uh, and so the idea is uh, you get them for yourself or for a friend. They come wrapped and you don't actually know what the word is that you're getting. And so, for instance, last year, I got the word circulation, and for about a half of the year, I wondered, you know, so, okay, circulation, you know, is this going to be, you know, what? And then about halfway through the year, we found a new house to buy, some, some things really changed for our financial position to the best, and what I realized was, oh my God, they're talking about financial circulation and what a powerful word it was so anyway this can this be mine it can if you go for it all right you can choose another one another one's like really appealing okay <laughs> okay so what is this next year going to hold for me i don't suppose there is a card called retirement so we'll have to <laughs> sorry we'll we'll have to see what this is anyway the oh and i'm f completely forgetting i'm supposed to be doing a sales pitch how lame is that so <laughs> So, of course, we are selling them, duh. And you can order them online. Uh, also, Debbie's going to be selling them in the bookstore. I think they're only $3 Actually, a piece. Okay. $3.50 a piece. Ah, gotcha. And, uh, of course, highly mailable. So, consider them from some of your out of town friends. All right, so let's see here. What did I get? Oh, choice. I can already see this one. Let, let me read what the back says. It says, every day, every moment, every second, there is a choice. If it were not so, we would not be individuals. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. 
Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the Center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.